0: if
1: they did it or not. The mystery? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that, to me, the mystery, I think, is a big deal. Uh, you know, how they came to that person. I remember when we had the killing here, and I think I told you all about this in between episodes where that man killed that uh, waitress at Rip, Rip And on the Paula Zahn show about it, uh, what is her show um, on the case with Paula zahn mm-hmm. she uh, they actually the cops were after another guy that was her boyfriend and they found blood in his pickup so they were pretty much sure it was him and so they you know send the blood off and it was animal and he kept telling them I hunted you know that, that's what it is or something like that well anyway then Yeah, they just kept following the trail and they caught him really fast and they followed it to the dentist that went to our Baptist church down on Norris and had a wife and three kids. I think another one on the way or two kids, another on the way, but it was interesting seeing how the process went. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it, um, it's definitely the mystery and the process, but I think it's also how on earth did this person get
2: this way? Yeah, right. Because some of them have good childhoods.
1: They don't all have bad childhoods. You right. know what I'm noticing, though, especially with like horrific, violent serial killers, is that there's a rejection component very early on. Yeah. be a common denominator.
0: Lots of rejection. Um, and then even like, uh, but you know, but again, you know, like, a lot of us have had rejection and you know, crazy childhoods and stuff. And so, uh, I think they, they, um, maybe they don't have a parent that nurtures them, uh, to help them through that. Maybe they don't have friends that help them. But one thing I've noticed is they have extreme rage. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And, uh, so anyway, um, okay. So, the, this guy that I read his stuff at psychologytoday.com, his name is Dr. Scott A. Bond, and he's actually written a book about it because he's fascinated with our fascination uh, with, uh, with, you know, killers and things like that. And so in his article, what drives our curious fascination with serial killers, he talked about like humans just have an appetite for the macabre, uh, the gruesome, the horrifying stuff pertaining to death. But I'm not actually. I don't like gruesome. I mean, uh, that show Deadly Women, I won't watch it. It's too too horrifying. It's too gruesome. Kids are usually involved, you know, right. or child abuse. And I just can't handle it. Uh, and I never liked those gruesome horror stories with blood and guts flying everywhere. I never liked that. People uh, are
2: popping at car accidents because it's gruesome.
0: Mike Rubberneck... The other day, yesterday, when we were our teacher, because he saw cop cars and he's all, you know, turning his
2: head. Yeah, I don't. I'll. I'll, I'll, A lot
0: of times I'll just. I won't
1: even look. Yeah.
0: Now, if I I see like a car wreck with an ambulance, you know, I'll start praying. But other than that, I'm not interested, you know.
2: Private. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a private. I mean. Yeah. I I don't do it either.
0: Yeah, so I don't like that. So. That may be part of it for some people, but not for me. Um, but then he uh, he said, and this actually happened to me, when you bring up the name of an infamous real-life predator such as Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer in conversation with a group of people, it is clear that serial killers are a popular topic. Some people actually become gleeful by discussing them. Why is that? Okay, so full confession here. Whatever, so I've been digging even more into Ted Bundy. Um, just there's a a um, minister that wrote several books about him, and it goes into like he went to the places and uh, he got to talk to a lot of the victims that survived and stuff. And it's just a really neat side where you don't go into the crime. Uh, he just goes on the journey, and it's neat. And I thought, oh, there's another minister that likes true crime, and uh, and so I was telling, I think it was Christy. No, who was it? Someone said, hey, there's, uh, oh, it's Doreena, our friend. She said, do you know there's two new shows coming on Prime about Ted Bundy? This is what I did. Really? And clapped my hands. And I was like, "Oh. oh, that was weird. And it's not the fact these poor people were murdered. It was just like, again, the fascination of the normal versus monster thing. So I have to confess to gleefulness and I didn't mean to be gleeful, but it was like this response of good or a new crime or a true crime show. I'm like, Yes. You know, I can't wait to
2: record it. I do that. I feel that now.
1: Do what? Elena
0: probably doesn't.
1: Uh, so, some, sometimes I go through spurts. Like Dusty never knows what he's going to walk into. We have like old 30, 50 movies, black and white. We have, I'm um, just, yeah, whole array. I'll watch right now on Lord of the Rings kick where it's just nonstop. Mm-hmm. Nonstop. So I'll show. let everything go. if There's a murder show on.
2: Yeah. That's me too. I'll watch. And if I get addicted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um, so, you know, I feel bad usually when I have that response, you know, it's like, Wow. Um, This, you know, obviously is not something to be gleeful about. I mean, this impacted real people, real families. A lot of them are still, you know, alive back from Bundy's time and uh, the intense pain and grief they felt and probably some blame that some of them felt, you know, for what happened. But Dr. Scott wrote that it's kind of like what monster movies are for kids. Serial killers are for adults. Scary fun. But again, uh, crime junkies, he said, can feel guilt and even call it their guilty pleasure. It's not my guilty pleasure. I wouldn't say that because I I just like it. But the gleefulness was a little over the top. Right. Okay. So I'm going to quote him because I think he nailed it in this article. He said, The average person who has been socialized to respect life and who also possesses the normal range of emotions, such as love, shame, pity, and remorse, cannot comprehend the workings of a pathological mind that would compel one to abduct, torture, rape, kill, engage in necrophilia, and occasionally even eat another human being. The incomprehensibility of such actions drives society to understand why serial killers do incredibly horrible things to other people who are often complete strangers. As such, serial killers appeal the most basic and powerful instinct in all of us and that is survival the total disregard for life and the suffering of others exhibited by serial killers shocks our sense of humanity and makes us question our safety and security
1: yeah that's true that, he nailed it i thought
0: he did too i'm like oh yeah you know the why of course and and then the the survival. So that's where I had put um, before I read his article there to me, there are two main reasons. Number one, the why it's the mystery and it's the law of curiosity that kicks in. Mm -hmm. Our brain naturally wants to know why. And naturally like you can build rapport with someone quick with curiosity. Wants to figure it out. Yeah. Wants to know more. Like one sales technique is like if someone goes to a car dealership, you know, a, a guy might walk out or a gal might walk out that's a you know, car salesman and say, are you looking for a black car? Oh, no, I want, you know, red. Oh, okay. And then they take them over to the red cars and the person has no idea. They just trick them into uh, getting information because when you put something out, if it's wrong, the person will feel a natural need to correct it.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: And so it's like the law of curiosity. It's the law of the need to know or the need to find out the correct thing. And so I counsel a lot of my business owners if they have trouble with rapport of having something unusual in their office or on their person or an unusual fact about themselves that will generate conversation and then build rapport. So I think the law of curiosity is definitely there. You know, how can a man or woman who was born as a sweet baby end up doing such terrible things? And our brains want to know because we also like nice and tidy con- conclusions. We want everything buttoned up.
2: And, uh, and then fascinating how they are monsters and then they can act normal like your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. And have not true feelings, but feelings and
0: yeah, and I uh, I've been listening to this uh, new podcast, and one of the serial killers on there said, "Oh, I'm evil, and I know I'm evil, but not a hundred percent." And that kind of oh, so are you ninety nine point nine nine percent? But that told me that they do have feeling to a degree, and uh, like one serial killer in Russia, he loved animals. He just cracked everybody's head open and inserted bottles into them. So
1: I could see that actually more and more nowadays. I think that there is more love and compassion for animals than human beings. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. My favorite thing to say, if I'm trying to walk across the street and have to make someone stop, not hit me, if I were an animal, you'd stop. Uh, Right.
2: It's (laughs) true. Animals are more likable and less complicated to me than people.
0: Maybe you should wear oh. cat ears or something and identify <laughs> as a cat. Dusty gets so mad at me.
2: Or a vest. An orange vest. Serious <laughs> stuff, Daniel.
1: They can't tell. They're right. right. Yes. Oh, there's something wrong with her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, number two is if we know why, then maybe we can be safe or safer from such things happening to us. Yeah. And, uh, so I think that's another thing. Um, now, as far as uh, serial killers alone versus true crime in general, uh, they say that serial, serial killers are rare. But the number that's actually operating probably right now in the United States seems a little too much. I mean, I think one's too many. But they say I are rare. I guess they are if you take them into account with all the other murders. You have a lot of domestic violence. Uh, gang crime, you know things like that. But uh, at any given time in America, there are at least twenty-five.
2: Some mm-hmm. have been caught.
0: And the hot spots, uh, Florida. I don't know if you guys know this is the number one serial killer state. Um, really? See, yeah,
2: I have quite a few too.
0: Well, California, definitely in the golden age of serial killers. And then uh, Washington State. There's something about Washington yeah. State yeah. and Ohio yeah. mm-hmm. have quite a bit. Because wow. I was curious one time, because I wanted to make sure New Mexico wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> or Texas. Right. So statistically, the odds of uh, encountering a serial killer, this is from my research, are about the same as being attacked by a great white shark. But for those of us, <clears throat> who do not put ourselves in any waters where sharks might be, This statistic is not helpful. Mm-hmm. I can con- control if I come into contact with a great white shark. You know, like I am not going to do that. Yeah. Um, unlike someone we know. Yes. Uh, so, great story time. <laughs> yeah. So this statistic isn't really helpful, nor does it comfort yeah. me. Um, but the rarity and how randomly they pick their victims. I think creates an
2: intense curiosity. But it could happen. You might be the one. So I don't like that.
1: And it's that survival mode again, too. Trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how and who. I think I
2: turned it off. (laughs) That was funny. Okay.
0: So Scott writes, the serial killer represents a lurid, complex, and compelling presence on the social landscape. There appears to be an innate human tendency to identify or empathize with all things, whether good or bad,
1: including serial killers. There's not. Mm, their childhood, I do have empathy. Do you think that's why they get groupies? No. No. What the heck is the? I think. In? I think it's that sexual deviantness. Uh, the media. Like the bad boy. Yeah. That's extreme. The bad boy extreme. It is. But, you know,
2: I think some, don't you think sometimes they're born evil?
0: Well, I think they can be born with pathological problems in their mind. Unfortunately, when they, you know, take in the brains of serial, dead serial killers and examine Mm -hmm. them, they're normal. There was one that his prefrontal cortex wasn't as developed due to a brain injury. And that's the saddest one. He was the one in Russia. I think that if he had not have had that brain injury, he would not have been a killer. He was a very normal little boy. He had friends, loved his mom and dad and you know, family. And there were no signs, unlike Ted Bundy, that anything was wrong.
2: So that brings me back to... Nurture versus... Brain. Brain. Mm-hmm. So is he legally responsible... Well, if they know
0: what they're doing is wrong, yes, and he did.
2: It was in Russia, Russia too.
0: Yeah. And actually, they say that serial killing is a U.S. problem. I don't agree. I think what it is is that other countries don't tell us because Russia's had some pretty wicked serial killers. Scary. Why
2: do they say America
0: because we're probably the only ones that actually keep track of how many serial killers we have and put it on the news and stuff. I'm wondering if we're
1: as a society more interested in, um, obsessed sometimes with that too. I wonder if other countries are like that.
0: Maybe because, you know, like in other countries they're tribal, you know, their mindset's tribal. So if you look at like, uh, Russia and even, Germany, and they're civilized now to a degree, but they, I would say they probably have a more tribal mindset, a more, uh, because there's like three mindsets in the world, and one of them's barbarian, and so when you look at, uh, like, uh, nations over there, the Middle East, they think more in barbarian terms, which is power is the number one thing, Mm -hmm. and so they're used to a harder life, uh, more poverty and hunger, and you know wars and things like that. Where we're, you know, pretty civilized to a degree. They might disagree, uh, and we're more of a Greek mindset where knowledge is power. So I think maybe that's a driving force. Is they fascinate us. Where maybe over there they're just like it's another day in Russia. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my, it's a money maker here too. It is. There's no telling how much money. I mean, here we are doing a podcast,
2: and uh, so. <laughs> Uh, now, um, now a virus, they're doing not reruns, but same cases and adding stuff to it just to show something Mm -hmm. on these channels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. More of the information that maybe other people didn't know, which again is a mystery deal. Mm Now, you know, the empathy thing, uh, I didn't feel any empathy for Ted Bundy whatsoever or really any of the killers. um, I think it's because, you know, I've read some of what he did to his victims. There's just no excuse. People go through more difficult things, and they don't do that to people. Um, But there's some I have, and and it's usually those where they're not serial killers, but they were just pushed to the, you know, edge and then over. You know what I mean? They just could not handle maybe the, the spouse abusing them or the spouse going after them in divorce and them losing everything. Like Betty Broderick, I'd like to look into her story. So I think sometimes I can understand maybe why they were pushed to that edge, but I still don't feel much
2: empathy for them. No, but abused women that, that fight back, they usually end up in prison. Yeah, in I do feel empathy for them. Some cases I've seen it, it was just so justified, but being mentally ill is different now Right, the system. If you even have a tab that you know what you're doing, even if you're abused, which of course you're going to know what you're doing, because you're going to protect yourself, you still go to jail. Yeah, that's sort of sad, but it is sad.
0: Okay, so um, now <clears throat> those that you know, like, Elizabeth, who dated Bundy, or Molly, who was almost molested by Bundy, um, or those who have survived an attack from someone like that, of course, they're not going to have any empathy at, at all. Um, but I think we try to humanize serial killers to make them less scary. I think that's where maybe the empathy comes in.
1: Because our brains
0: cannot fathom people that evil and devoid of any empathy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and it's almost like we may have problems and we may be jacked up in areas, but at least we're not a serial killer. You know, so I think that might be part of the empathy thing where we're trying to humanize and then compare ourselves, you know, because I find that sometimes when there's like a similarity in the background, I'm like,
2: hmm, you know, I had that happen to me, you know. Yeah, we don't think that way. Mm-mm. Like, when people say things or do something, you are like, what? Because you just wouldn't say that or do that.
1: But I, I think know. that, I mean, we talked about this last time. Like, <clears throat> there's a certain age where even if you went down a bad road at a time, it's like you kind of you go to a crossroad. And I remember there was two times in my life where, There was like a crossroad. Could I have been a serial killer? Probably not, but I could see myself being evil had I not like straightened up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you plotting the the death of that. I mean that that was evil, right? So I think that like everyone maybe goes through times where they change roads or they just keep going down that road. Not me. Whatever. I hear
2: angels singing in
1: the background.
0: Um, and I and I think that if we look back at those times too, a lot of was we were deeply hurt, and so it is. It's when you're deeply hurt, there's a choice, and so the the two times for sure that I can you know recall, um, I just had a choice to make. Yeah, and um, so you have more of a chance of being killed by a family member than a serial killer
2: hmm I believe it.
0: Yeah, you know, the taco story. Uh, it's 12.5% to one, but domestic is in the news so much, domestic violence, that we barely give it attention until something like Dirty John comes along. Yeah. I also think it's the weird and outrageous details that add to our fascination. I mean, you have Dahmer who ate his victims, Bundy who had sex with decomposing bodies of, of his victims until he couldn't anymore, Gacy who was also a clown, Clowns are just creepy. Uh, Julie Beck, she wrote for the Atlantic in uh, an article called The Grizzly All-American Appeal of Serial Killers, that when it comes to serial killers, the myth is what matters. So, you know, the, the puzzle, the mystery, the outrageous details. But in conclusion, I'm going to break one myth, and that's that most serial killers are white males. So that's not true the reality is that the race of serial killers is about the same as the U.S. population at large, according to the FBI. So there's a serial killer database, who knew, at Radford University, and of the nearly 4,000 serial killers, <laughs> just 46% have been white men dating back to
2: 1910. Well, that's, that's a huge, that's a big one, but yeah. when Stephen finishes you know, when he was going to college for the criminal justice, mm-hmm. they were off that.
1: They're, most serial killers are white. So let's think about this. So you have 46% of one race, and then that leaves you with 53% of a whole mix of races, though.
0: Well, I think that, um, yes, that's true, but they're still under fifty. You know, 50%, so the majority, if you look at as far as, A whole of minorities are actually minority. But if you look at, you know, 46% being white, that is a big number. But I also think, again, it's indicative of our population, which is still majority Caucasian. Uh, So it's the, you know, like, for example, more white people are shot by police than black people. But the proportion of population versus white and black means, of course, more white people are going to be, you know, shot by uh, officers because there's more of us. What makes the black community upset is there's so few of them in comparison and more of them get shot percentage
2: wise. So, yes. you know, you can get into that. With so for that 40, what you say? 46, 46. Mm-hmm. of white, where the rest is a majority of different races. Yes. So when he's taught that it is 40 white more serial killers than other races because the fifty is a mixture. 54, 54, I said
1: 53, 54. it was It's fifty-four
2: is a mixture of races. So right. really it is more white serial killers.
0: But you guys are missing out on what freaked me out and that is of the nearly four thousand serial killers. I kill-
1: got that. But no,
0: that we're was just, like nineteen ten. Yeah, just nineteen ten. Like yeah, nineteen years. That's a lot. Really? (laughs) It is to me. We're like, yeah. Okay. So one final reason Mm -hmm. is we need to know that evil does not triumph in the end. Mm -hmm. And I hate Unsolved shows.
2: Oh, I do too. They have a new one, Unsolved series. I won't even watch it.
0: I, there's some right. that will capture my attention. So like when I first started listening to crime junkies in the murder squad, I, I almost just forget it. But Paul Holes, who, you know, helped get the Golden State Killer, his voice is amazing. So I listened to it just to hear his voice, <laughs> but I like how they want to help solve these. Mm-hmm. But man, it is hard. And so after the first crime junkie episode, I listened to him like, oh no, I'm not listening to this. But they sprinkle in soft ones. And so that helps. But it's like, no, no, no. And that goes back to the brain needing to tie all those loose ends because you don't
1: want the killer still out there at large. I think we're very much justice oriented, too. There's no justice to unsolved. Yep, crime. Counterclock has one and she's
2: obsessed with the Brenda case and she's still investigating it, that reporter. Still. And the Zodiac <laughs> killer. Mm-hmm.
0: On Very Scary People, that show, um, we've, we're watching the Zodiac Killer, and then it also happened to be listed to a podcast on him. They have not caught him. And in a couple of the murders, people had hair and some material in their hands. Why haven't they caught him? So I'm hoping that if they haven't already, they'll use the Ancestry DNA method to try to catch him. But that's been since, I think, 19, was it like 1969 or 1961 or something was his first murder?
2: Mm-hmm. So anything to add Yeah, with DNA, I mean, DNA, you're like, why is it taking so long? Yep. Yeah. I don't know that, that, uh, going back into your bloodline is amazing. What they've done with catching serial killers, California
1: 1960s to early seventies. Yeah. Uh, and here is a final thought.
0: When I was doing research, um, which I, I got a neat twist to our podcast that I think you're going to like. I might play a okay. sample of it for you uh, in, before we start another recording. But um, I was listening to a couple of killers, like their interrogations or their confessions, and uh, I came across a YouTube video of Richard Ramirez where, you know, fast forward years later before he was um, put, put to death, he was talking about um, – what he thinks about, you know, being on death row and about to die and all that. And he actually looked totally different um, in that he wasn't as angry. He didn't look as evil. And he was just talking about the road to killing. And he said, you know, it's like you got stuff and you don't know what to do with it. And you're just like, well, I'll just hurt other people. The guy's like, well, what about this case? And he was trying to get into the details and he started smiling and said, I can't talk about that. And I'm all, so then I had like goosebumps. He's evil. You could tell he's still, <sighs> anyway. So anything else on this? Well, like, you look like you're about to say something.
1: I, I was just thinking we talked about this, the woman that married him, yeah. uh, you know, during his trial and she, um after the the marriage she comes out of the prison she's given a little speech and she looked so peaceful and she just came across like very christian like and i don't know if she was or wasn't um but then she did end up divorcing him because of the the child um case and she i guess she was like okay it's okay to kill adults i guess it's not a child but i do wonder if she was um, even a Christian then.
0: I wonder, too. And then I was watching that Eileen Mornos one oh,
1: yeah.
0: and that lady that adopted her.
2: Oh, I know.
0: And she was.
2: So sorry for her, she Oh, yeah. Yeah. She didn't yeah. have a normal childhood life and, and didn't have anybody.
0: And do. it is sad. But again, there are other people that had worse you know, childhoods than her, and they didn't You'll kill do.
2: people. It make a difference.
0: But I'm like, what's wrong with you people? I mean, we're Christian, and I'm not going to adopt a serial killer. No. Sorry, no. there's not an adopt a serial killer
1: program that I am interested in. Never, never. Very odd, said. Okay, but is it that personality thing?
2: Well, I don't, I don't understand groupies like that a lot
1: of them do
0: seem like hyper compassionate s personalities
2: you know they I'm do on her face yeah you're disgusted sure. You know, yeah, like all those girls in the ramirez case in the back wanted to be his wife yeah well yeah.
1: One, got him, one got him but it wasn't any of those well she was a grouping right but she didn't yeah. dress like like the others do it was very different she was different and what's
0: crazy is they hear the details of the crime. They're sitting in the courtroom hearing how savage these people are, and they're like, oh, I'd like that person to be my husband.
2: Yeah, they're in there grinning, smiling, all made up. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yes, that's what I was thinking. Hot. Yeah, that one said, I think he's hot. What? What are you looking at? Very confused. You're giving me a headache. All right. Well, we don't want
0: you to get a headache, so we'll stop this.